Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. He never got to have what he stole. May that be a warning and encouragement to us. Don't try to have early what God is promising you later. Amen. Get it when God gives it to you. Don't don't you don't want it out of due time. You want it, God. I want it. I want what you want to give me in your time. And you may desire it right now, but wait on God to do it His way and His time. It's always better when God's will lines up with God's timing for you. Have you ever had a situation in your life when you really needed something to happen immediately? Maybe it was a house needing to be sold, or a partner ready to get married. It's so easy to look at our timelines and remember that God is completely different. In today's message, Pastor Bill is going to be talking about all things new. Sometimes there are things in life that we expect to happen now, but God reserves for the best possible time. May we trust Him and hold on to His promises as we wait. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, as he continues his message, All Things New, part two. It says, by faith, Abraham Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. As he went out, not knowing where he was going, by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Get this, verse 10. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Right. So Abraham, way back then, he was waiting on this city that we're reading about right now. He says, I'm, I'm, I know God has put it in my heart. I know that I'm waiting for something greater than this place. I'm going somewhere. Who, there's a the city, the foundation is this builder and maker is God. I'm, I'm looking for that city. He did this by faith. He didn't see it. He didn't even see it before he died. You guys, he lived his whole life and died trusting God to, to, that he would get there. He'll be there. Right. God's God's going to keep his promise. But that's what faith looks like. Maybe some of you are believing God and trusting God and you don't see it. You might not see it in this life, but it's guaranteed in the life to come. It's guaranteed. Then God will keep his word. God will keep his promise. Those Old Testament saints that whatever they had to go through, they're not disappointed today that they were believing God. Amen. You will not be disappointed either. If you believe God, you trust God in this life. God's not going to let you down. God, God's not going to disappoint those who trust in him, those who, who place their faith in him. Now look at verse 14. It says, now the wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the lamb. So, you know, we saw the 12 tribes represented in the gates and now we, now it has the, the 12 foundations and on them were the written the names of the 12 apostles of the lamb. Interesting today that in some of our denominations, everybody and their mama want to be an apostle. Uh, here it says there were 12 of these apostles, uh, these apostles of the Lamb. The biblical apostles, the unique thing about them was that they had received the gospel directly from Jesus Christ. That's what made them have apostolic authority, that when they spoke, they didn't speak with second hand, third hand, fourth hand. These guys had received it directly from Jesus and they were giving it to you. That was that was what gave them such authority. So there are guys today that want to say, I was in my bedroom, you know, and the, the Jesus came to me and told me, I am now an apostle. Listen to what I tell you. you. Just punch that dude in the neck and keep going. Don't punch him. But, you know, just be, be mindful that that's, that's not happening today. Right. You have 
Genesis to Revelation, we have the full counsel of God. Uh, there may be some sent out ones, but ain't nobody speaking with apostolic authority that's over and above what God has already given to us and revealed to his word. And so here we have these 12 apostles of the Lamb. Their names are written on these foundations. And some believe that this may be a reference to the fact that they laid the foundation for the church. Right. These were the guys that Jesus taught it to them. He discipled them for three years before he died. And then he authorized them to go and make disciples. These are the guys when Jesus gave the Great Commission in Matthew 28. He says, look, go and make disciples and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. It was to these guys. It's to us, too. But he spoke those words directly to those guys. It was to these guys that he said in Acts 1.8 that you guys wait here in Jerusalem. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to have power to be witnesses of me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It was to these guys that God was saying, man, go. And they went out into the world and they turned the world right side up. These 12, these guys did. And so we believe they did lay the foundation. If you're a note taker, write down Ephesians 2, 18 through 20. It says, for through him, we both have access by one spirit to the father. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And so, again, we believe that these apostles, they're here as the foundations of, of this great city we believe because these are the people that God did use to lay this foundation. Verse 15 through 17, it says, And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city is laid out as a square. Its, its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed. 12,000 furlongs, its length, breadth, and height are equal. Then he measured its wall, 140 cubits, according to the measure of a man that is of an angel. And so this angel comes with a, a golden reed and he's going to measure out the city. This is what we learn about the city. About, I'll, I'll, I, I don't know. Some of you guys may really be into the measurements and the particulars. So let me give you that. The 12,000 furlongs is 15, 000, approximately 15,000 miles. So. I mean, it's, this is, it's, a, it's a square, it's a cube. So 15,000 miles length, breadth, width, you know, all, all that. This is bigger than planet Earth. So this new city is bigger than the planet Earth, right? Here's something to consider is if right now, you know, obviously we, the, all those that are alive, how many million people are alive, say, or billions, we occupy the planet. There'll be less people and more space. In eternity. For you guys are like, I need my space. You'll have plenty of space if you make it to heaven. Probably in hell, you're going to be crowded. So the Bible says that, that uh, it says that narrow is the gate, you know, if few there be that find it that leads to life. And it says about the about those that are going to hell that the widest road and everybody traveling down it. So if you want them people's like, I just need quiet, I need peace, I need my space, then you don't want to go to hell because hell is going to be way crowded. Ain't going to be no space. It's going to be, you know, probably standing capacity only. And so, in heaven, though, we're going to have plenty of space. You spread out a little bit. I'm joking, but I'm not joking. So, so moving on, verse 18. So, so anyways, it's the, the, the furlong, the 12,000 furlongs is roughly 15,000 miles. And so you can imagine that in each direction. It's letting us know that it's, it's large, it's spacious. And, and, you know, I don't know what, what we do with all the space, even though as, as high as it goes, it makes me wonder if in the next round, like, are we able to, 
you know, do we fly? Like, I don't know much about, like, I know we get a glorified body, and it's going to be better than the body we have now, but I can't understand why it would be so high unless we could, like, access some of it, you know? So there's still much to be seen and known, uh, things that will be revealed to us later. But for what we know right now, I'm pleased and I'm excited for what the Lord is, is laid out. Verse 18, the construction of his walls was of jasper and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. So it says that the gold was so pure that it was see-through. You normally can't see through gold, right? If you, get a, you guys got gold chains on or you got gold rings on, if you get good gold, it's shiny, you know, but this gold is going to be so pure, you just can see through it. And I, I, I would take this away because we're getting ready to be exposed to, a, he's going to tell us all these different precious stones that are found in a foundation. And there's all kind of debate over what color each one gives off. I'm not going to even try. The, the, the truth is, we really don't know all these stones. It's, it's impossible to know what color each one would, would really represent. But what we do know is that they're dazzling, that with God being the light shining on all these precious stones uh, that are see-through, that it's going to be an amazing sight. It'll be like something you have and I have never witnessed, never seen before. But it also, to me, reveals this. As we look at the place, there's a richness to it. And I realize that there are people that are going to miss heaven trying to have stuff right now. Right. There are people that the reason why they won't serve God, the reason why they won't surrender to the Lord is because they're after something in this life. There's stuff that they're after. There are things that they want to acquire. I literally know people that have that the reason why they really won't settle in, the reason why they won't surrender all to the Lord is because they love stuff. They, there's some things that they want. They're like, I want that stuff in this life. Right. Imagine if you you miss God to have a thing here. You get to have it. Be whatever it might be, maybe it's a house, maybe it's things, maybe it's more stuff, whatever it is. Imagine that you, you acquire all that. What did Jesus say? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and what? Lose his soul. Everybody in hell, if they could go back, would give everything they ever had to not be there. Right? Everybody in hell would give everything that they ever had to not be there, but they don't have that option. You and I, we're alive today. We're living, breathing, thinking, and comprehending. We need to be careful that we don't get tricked. That's one of Satan's tricks is to lure you with something here and now so you can miss out on that there and then. Satan is a master counterfeiter. Satan is always throwing out tricks and traps. We see this in what he did to Eve in the garden. We see it in what he tried to do to Jesus in Matthew 4, right? What did he do to Eve? He said, Eve, did God really say you can't eat of all the trees, right? And, and, and uh, he's insinuating like that's messed up. God's not being fair with you. And Eve said, no, no, no. God said we can eat of all the trees, right? God said I'll eat everything except for that one tree. God's fair. And then he, then he just said, nah, you know, God knows that they eat that tree. You know, you're not really going to die. He went, then he went, he lied on God, said you won't really die. I don't know what he's talking about. God is trying to keep something good for you. God knows that they can eat that tree and be just like him, knowing, you know, knowing good and evil. And I, I look back and I think, man, what a trick, right? Because that means that Eve didn't know evil. All she knew was good. Satan made it look like a, a win, like you could know evil to me, <laughs> right? And that's why as soon as she ate, she realized she was naked and, and her innocence was taken away and she led someone else into sin. But that was the conversation with Satan did to her. He said, man, he, he lured her in to having something that God said, that's not, that wasn't my plan for you. He tried the same trick with Jesus in the Gospels. In Matthew 4, 1 through 11, when Satan tried to tempt Jesus, Jesus was already on a mission to go to the cross and die for us. And he would have the, the, the glories of the world. But Satan said, look, I'll give it all to you right now if you bow down and worship me. 
No cross. You don't have to go to the cross. I'll just give it to you. And he had it to give because he's the prince and power of the air was forfeited by Adam and Eve in the garden when God gave them authority and they forfeited it. Now Satan is the prince and power of the air. But you know what Jesus told Satan? You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And he didn't, he didn't go for it. But that was the same thing. Satan was like, man, can I lure you with a quick, can I give it to you now so you can miss it later? And that's what he does to people on earth. You know, some people, some people will miss God right now to have a couple things. I, I caution you, right? I caution you to be careful if, if you've been lured with some things. If, if your heart's been, been drawn away from God by stuff. Maybe today for you is a day where you just recommit your heart. God, forgive me for loving stuff. Forgive me for, for biting the bait. God, what you, you know, God's like, man, I, I got everything for you. It's, 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 it's coming, right? There's, there's nothing. No one's going to get to heaven and say, I missed out, right? I, I had, when I did high school ministry for a lot of years, and so we would talk about the rapture, and I had kids that were like, oh, man, but I don't want God to come back before I get married, right? And, and I had kids that were even a little more like, man, I, I, I want to get married and have sex before, before the Lord comes, you know? Like, don't come before then. Here's the, here's the cool thing, right? You're not going to get to heaven and be like, man, I didn't get to do it, you know? Um, the, <laughs> I'm going to help you out, right? The Bible says, in his presence, here it is, in his presence is fullness of joy, at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. The one who created good times, joy, and pleasure, he said, man, you guys don't even know. What I, what, I got planned, what I got planned in heaven is so good that y'all won't even be married anymore. For you guys that are married, right? I don't, that still bothers me, but I know it's going to be okay. But the, the thought of like, when I get to heaven, I won't be married. I'm like, I, and I'm going to just tell you now, I might not be married to her, but don't push up on my wife in heaven. <laughs> so it's going to be an issue, you know? Gabriel going to have to come get between us, you know? So, but I would assume that that means that we'll be so fulfilled by God, so fulfilled in his presence that those things that to us right now seem like, I, I can't imagine life without this. God's like, because you're not there with me yet. But when you're there with me, this is, this is I just was giving you guys, so I was just giving you a little blessing, a little taste test of what it's going to be like to be with me. And so we don't have to worry about, you know, what we're going to miss. You will not miss out on anything choosing the Lord. The only way we miss out, you guys, is we put something in front of the Lord and we bite that bait. Amen. And so moving on now, look at verses. I'm going to do my best to read these names. I'm not going to get them right. So if you want to go work them out later, I, I welcome you to. I'm going to read 19 to 21. I'm just going to tell you up front. I practiced it and it still wasn't right. All right. So the foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was Jasper. The second one, Sapphire. The third, Chalcedony, that's the best I can do. The fourth, Emerald. The fifth, Sardonyx. The sixth, Sardius. The seventh, Chrysolite. Not Crystalite, Chrysolite. The eighth, Beryl. The ninth, Topaz. The tenth, Chrysoph... Y'all see that? <laughs> that one right there. That Chrysopras. And the, the eleventh, Jacinth. And the twelfth, Amethyst. All right, so... Now, some guys have gone through the names and they're like, oh, this one is like a green. This one is like a yellow hue with a blue. And the reality is all of these, the way these names are, they're not all relatable to things that we know of now. So I'm not doing that. We, the truth is we really don't know. This is what we know. They're brilliant. They're beautiful. They're, they're going to display God's glory in an amazing way. God, there's no sun in heaven because God, the Bible says that God's light, his glory is going to illuminate everything. And so imagine these beautiful stones 
in their purest form all over the place and then God's light just lighten up everything. It's going to be an amazing sight to see. Verse 21, he says, the 12 gates were 12 pearls. I remember as a kid, I was hearing about the pearly gates. And so if you've seen pearl, I normally see pearls as little, little bitty, you know, circle, little, little circles or whatever. But these entire gates will be like one pure piece of pearl. The gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was one pearl. And the street was like pure gold, like transparent glass. And so, again, the things that are precious and valuable on earth, right? Uh, gold, which is precious on earth. I forgot, I forgot what it is, an ounce right now. It's like, you know, $1,800 an ounce, whatever it is in heaven, is going to just be asphalt, right? I mean, think about that. People going to miss heaven to have some gold. Your rappers and your video stars and all this stuff, they rob and stealing and killing to have gold bling, iced out, this, that, and the other. And God's like, that's just going to be the asphalt in heaven. That's going to be nothing we want to be so careful, you guys, about biting the bait of loving things and wanting things. I had wrote in my notes earlier in the book of Joshua, right? God, God intended to bless him. God was taking him into the promised land. That was what his, his intention was. He had raised up Joshua to be the leader. And God's like, I'm going to bless you guys. I'm going to bring you into this land of promise. It flows with milk and honey. It's going to be great. And I got Joshua to lead you in. And so he gives Joshua this incredible instruction. He says, look, go to Jericho. March around the city seven times. Quiet. On the last time, you know, everybody shout. The wall is going to come down. You guys are going to go and take a victory. It's going to be amazing. But God says, this first victory is for me. Right? It's like a tie. The first one is for me. So don't, don't, don't take the spoils for yourself. Dedicate those things to the Lord. Don't take of it. And they went and God gave them an amazing victory. No one had ever been able to get through Jericho, but they got through because God gave them divine instruction. God was with them. They went in. They had an amazing victory. But one of the guys, he, he, he said, man, I want some stuff now. His name is Achan. And he took what the Bible says, some of the accursed things, some of the things that God has said, don't have that. Don't take that. He took it and he hid it under his tent. But you can't hide from God. You can't hide anything from God. He hid it from the people, but he did not hide it from God. So the next time they went to battle, God let them be defeated. And when Joshua prayed, God said, because there's sin in the camp. And God revealed who it was and exposed Achan and his whole family. And they were stoned and burned and they died for what he did. And here's the crazy thing. The next victory in Ai, God said, now keep all the spoil. Achan, because he wanted it early, missed out on having it. He stole what God was going to freely give him in the next battle. Had he just waited on the Lord, had he just obeyed where God said, not now, then he would have had it. But he had to have it early. And so he never got to have it at all. It never it was hidden in his tent and it was burned up later on. He never got to have what he stole. May that be a warning and encouragement to us. Don't try to have early what God is promising you later. Amen. Get it when God gives it to you. Don't don't you don't want it out of due time. You want it. God, I want it. I want what you want to give me in your time. And you may desire it right now, but wait on God to do it his way in his time. It's always better when God's will lines up with God's timing for you. And so, again, these streets are are gold. They're transparent gold. The gates are of pearls. Everything's beautiful. I want to see it then. I want I want to make it to experience all of this now. 22 to 27, and I'm going to try to go fast. We got to move a little faster. We're going to look at the things that are not there. What's not in heaven? What doesn't make it to this place? So verse 22, but I saw no temple in it. 
for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. If you guys remember the purpose of the temple in the Old Testament, the temple was where people went to meet with the Lord. When you went to sacrifice to God, to seek the Lord, you had to go get the priest of the temple to, you know, seek God's will, to know something was God's will or not. God says there's no temple here. It's not, not necessary because God's presence is everywhere here. God, I mean, God himself is present. We don't have to go to the temple to try to meet with the Lord or get we're, we're in his presence 24 seven. There's no temple. It's not necessary. Verse 23, the city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it. The lamb is its light. There's no sun, no moon in this place because God illuminates it. Verse 24, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor into it. The nations represent all the people, the kings of the earth. It says they're going to come and they're going to they're going to come together to glorify God. So there's going to be all kinds of people that make it to heaven. And, and those that were authorities and kings of the earth, those that were authorities here are going to be there just bringing their honor and bringing their glory to the Lord. Verse 25, it says its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. It's going to be a 24 hour city, no nighttime. The gates are never closed. There's nothing that we need to be guarded from or protected from in this place. Verse 26, it says, and, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And again, all the glory and honor of the nations, this is, this is going to be to glorify God. It's going to be to, to worship him. And the last verse 27, this is who won't make it. We saw what won't be there, but now we're going to see who won't be there. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. We got a similar warning last week in verse eight, where he told us all the particular sins, the people that are practicing these sins, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the liars. They're not going to make it here. Similar warning. He says, hey. After I've given you all this glory and splendor and wonder, and I hope you're all going to make it, who won't be there is anything that causes, that defiles, anyone that causes an abomination or a lie, only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And so here's what we're going to close with today. If you're here, you're a believer, you know it. Just start praying. Pray for those who, who need to come to or return to the Lord. Those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, this is those who have arrived at the conclusion in this life that Jesus is God, that he loves me, he died for my sins, and he rose from the grave, and I in faith have received him as the Lord of my life. Those are the people whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. These are believers. If you're not, if you've never done that, maybe for you this has been a curiosity. Maybe God brought you here today, or you're watching and listening to this saying, you know what, I, I didn't really know what it meant or how to be a believer or how to give my life to the Lord. Wonderful. I'm so glad you're here and you're hearing this because God's desire is to save everybody. Jesus died on the cross to save everybody. He died for your sin, for my sins, for everyone's sins. But we have to receive him in order to be saved. I've got to come to the place where I acknowledge, God, you're, what you're saying is true. I, I've sinned against you. I've broken your commandments and your laws. And I thank you that you sent your son in my place so that I don't die and go to hell. Your son took my sins upon himself and he paid the price in full. And God says, what, what do I have to do to take hold of what you did for me, Jesus? He says this in Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
And so if you're here and you're listening and say, you know what, I need to come to Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you're saying, I need to come back. I know the Lord, but I have not walked with him. I've not been faithful to the Lord, but I want to be forgiven. I want to reestablish, recommit my life to walk with Jesus today. I want to pray for those who God is calling to himself or calling back to himself. You've been listening to A Transforming Word. As Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of Revelation, this book is entirely fascinating, if not a little bit confusing. But don't get distracted by all the strange things mentioned and lose sight of the fact that Jesus is showing himself in a mighty way through this book. The description of Jesus in this book sounds like some fierce, ultimate superhero, someone you would want to follow but might be a little afraid of, too. But Jesus is coming to redeem a broken world. Some of the ways God will go about doing this may not be fully understandable from our perspective, but that's okay. It's still worth studying and eagerly anticipating the fact that He's coming to make all things new. What a relief. If you'd like to hear this message again, or listen to more messages from our Revelation series, go to calvaryinglewood.org. If you have some questions that you'd like answered or need someone to talk to, we're happy to speak with you and try to answer those questions. Just call 310-245-4811. Once more, that phone number is 310-245-4811. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood in Inglewood, California. Thank you for spending time with us today in the book of Revelation. We look forward to our next edition of A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill. Make sure you tune in for the upcoming message as you're sure to learn more from this intriguing book of the Bible here on A Transforming Word.